Welcome to Sports Weekly with Ayaz Memon. Hey fans, welcome to another episode of Sports Weekly with Ayaz Memon. It's a great week, we say that every week, but uh, this week we've had a bit of up and down. We're going to travel around the IPL as we always do. We've got a bit of tennis, we've got a bit of football and well, there was a fantastic Miami GP. To cover all of that, we'll of course be joined by Somil Arora as well. But let's start off right here at home with the IPL where the action is absolutely hotting up. And to take us through all of that, here's Ayaz Memon. Thank you, Mr. Fantastic. It's been another roller coaster week, as we we keep saying, and you know, at the cost of repetition. But that's that's what the IPL is all about. There are massive swings in fortunes, ups and downs for teams, for players, and what we've got now, as we head towards the finishing line, so to speak, is that the number one team has been toppled. Gujarat Titans were number one for as long as I can remember the season uh, since it started, and now they've been overtaken by. Uh, Lucknow sports giants and uh, this is becoming a very interesting race. They are level on points but Lucknow super giants have gone ahead on net run rate as we speak. It could all change when they play each other but what's happened clearly is that these two new franchises Gujarat Titans and Lucknow super giants have emerged as well, I won't say firm favourites because there's many a slip between the cup and the lip but they are the strongest looking teams so far. It's been mixed fortune for teams like Rajasthan Royals, they've been going a little up and down. But RCB, Royal Challengers Bangalore, seem to have got a second win. In spite of Virat Kohli's continued woeful form, he got another golden duck this season, his third, uh, in fact. And despite his you know, miserable form, imagine a, a player like Virat Kohli not contributing at all to his uh, team's total and the team still keeps on winning. It shows that some other players are doing really well. We talk about that. But it also shows or highlights you know, how good RCB could be if, uh, if Virat Kohli starts firing. So that's about Virat Kohli. Of the, of the laggards, I'll just add a quick uh, you know, uh, thing about Mumbai Indians and Chennai Super Kings. Mumbai Indians are deeper into the hole that they've dug for themselves from the start. Chennai Super Kings just about hovering above that hole but not out of it completely. So, the defending champions and the former champions virtually out of contention. It's a, you know, there are still eight other teams competing, of which I think Gujarat and Lucknow are almost certain of getting there. They're just one win away. And then there's the middle band where there's a lot of action happening. Absolutely. Well, I just want to quickly go back and talk about the whole Chennai thing. You mentioned that they're not entirely out of it. I mean, mathematically, they have a chance, but uh, honestly, it's just that. Right? It's a mathematical chance. It's a question of some two teams, the third, Rajasthan Royals, and uh, the fourth, Royal Challengers, Bangalore, notching up another win. And even mathematically, Chennai can't get through them. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a, even mathematically, it's such a remote chance that you might, you might reasonably say that the chances of making it are a cipher. Uh, but you, you have to acknowledge that, you know, there are ifs and buts. So we'll, let's live by that. But what happened with CSK, and this, this is something that will perhaps irk them, and their fans more than anybody else, they found suddenly in Devon Conway, who had played one match at the start of the season, was dumped. He's come back and he's become a batting hero. He and Ruturaj Gaikwad are hammering every bowling attack that is coming their way. And they are suddenly looking a team which is capable of you know winning matches on the run. They've got Moin Ali who's come back in form. They've got, as I mentioned, Ruturaj and Devon Conway. Even without Jadeja playing in the previous match, they won the match. So, Maybe there's something for CSK to mull over or perhaps regret about not having played Devin Conway all through the season. Clearly, he's someone 
you know, who's going to be with them for the next couple of seasons, at least after this one. So he's somebody who's going to be a star for them. The other team that started out on a high at the start of the season were the Sunrisers Hyderabad. But inexplicably, they've lost four of their last five games. And, well, quite worryingly for them, now find themselves at sixth place with a bit of a struggle up ahead. Yeah, it's been one of the dramatic stories. The rise and fall of Sunrisers Hyderabad, all in the same season. Remember, they started very poorly. And then they had this massive surge. Five matches on the trot, they won. And now they've lost four on the trot. So it's been, as I mentioned at the, at the intro, massive swings in fortune. You know, it's one extreme to the other. I think what is happening with uh, Sunrisers Hyderabad is that they had suddenly emerged as the, as the team with the most dreaded pace attack. They had Bhuvneshwar Kumar, rich with experience. They had T. Natarajan and Marco Jansen of similar kind, both left-arm fast bowlers, but swing and cut. And, uh, you know, all those kind of difficulty quotient for the batsmen that they create. And then they had Umran Malik, who was a terribly fast bowler, clocking 150-plus regularly, most consistently, and picking up wickets, uh, you know, uh, almost almost at will. And suddenly, in the last four matches, Umran has got no wickets. And Natrajan, he's got some wickets, but he's not the threat that he looked in the earlier matches. And also Marco Janssen. So, the bowling attack is not creating the situation for them to win matches. While, paradoxically, the batting has looked far better with Aydin Markram and Nicholas Puran getting runs. So, in the, first, in the earlier matches, when the season started, neither their batting was clicking nor their bowling. Then their bowling started clicking and the, and the concern was, hey, if the batting also clicks. I mean, there was Abhishek Sharma and Rahul Tripathi, they were making runs. But Puran wasn't. And Aydin Markram had just about started. But the thought was, if batting also clicks, bowling is so wonderful, what can stop Sunrisers Hyderabad? And now we know what has stopped it, stopped them because the bowling hasn't, bowling hasn't worked. And the biggest problem, Mr. Fantastic, is that Kane Williamson just hasn't got going. He's in the same boat. He's sailing in the same boat as Virat Kohli, maybe less dramatic, but same boat as Virat Kohli, Rohit Sharma, and if I might add another name there, Karan Pollard. Well, uh, let's not even start about Kyron Pollard. I just think it's time that Mumbai did rest him, to put it mildly. But we'll, we'll focus on some of the other teams because I think the Mumbai story is more or less over, especially after their uh, performance against the Kolkata Knight Riders, which despite Bumrah's best efforts, Mumbai managed to lose. And that was a spectacular bowling effort, wasn't it, by, by Jaspreet Bumrah against uh, KKR. Uh, and it was a match marked by two batting collapses. First, KKR collapsed. It looked like they would get 200. They folded up for, what, 165? And then Mumbai just didn't get going. You know, without Surya Kumar, the other of the batting looked, you know, one, one-fifth of what it could have achieved otherwise. So, but another terrific spell from Pat Cummins. So, this was a match for fast bowlers. Remember, Pat Cummins was one of those players who had lost his place even for KKR. He was in such poor form. Bumrah, of course, has been in very good form through, through the season. But for him, Umran Malik, if you might remember, had taken 5 five for 25 against uh, Gujarat Titans and they had lost that match. So, much the same thing has happened to Jasprit Bumrah. Despite his best efforts, Mumbai just not rising to the occasion. Absolutely. Well, let's talk quickly about the top two teams, the Lucknow Super Giants and Gujarat Titans. Now, both firmly on top of the table, no doubts there. Uh, they've both proven their mettle. I think both teams have what it goes to win the title. But... Just just a fly in the ointment for probably Gujarat Titans, where they've lost two of their last games. And on the other side of that is uh, the Lucknow Supergiants, who are now on a four-match winning streak. So, 
who do you think will mentally be a little better placed by the time the playoffs come around well certainly i would think lucknow super giants not just because because they've got four wins on the trot which is important they've also become number 1 on on net run rate they edged ahead of gujarat titans so that's a big you know it's a big boost to confidence but i think the biggest worry always is in the t tournament tournament t20 tournament and certainly in the ipl is when do players and the team reach their peak and if they reach it too early is there a danger that they start plateauing and then going downhill is that happening with gujarat titans that's the worry you know so while in lucknow super giants case they've never had these you know gujarat titans if you look at their record through the season they played the most exhilarating cricket and part of that exhilaration come has come from the three, two or three last over last ball finishes which they won from nearly impossible situations winning from the jaws of defeat snatching victory from the jaws of defeat lucknow super giants have been in comparison consistently good when the situation arises that they have to better their thing somebody or the other stands up and leads the team to victory so they've got very both teams have got depth in batting and bowling but i think that the gujarat titans team has been more mercurial and volatile and that's why that's why i feel that lucknow super giants stand a better chance in this match because they've been just that much more com- more consistent absolutely and well here's another interesting situation which i expect to arise in the next week or 10 days between so we have a top four you know we just spoke about the lucknow super giants and the gujarat titans and uh, rajasthan royals have been well more or less consistent they should scrape through in the top four uh royal challengers bangalore we know can be enigmatic from double digit scores to thumping wins anything is possible but does that leave the door slightly open for the next four which is the delhi capitals the sunrisers hyderabad kolkata knight riders and the punjab kings these are teams currently tied at 10 points each and it could be a bit of a fight in the middle there if the bangalore uh, royal challengers bangalore or the rajasthan royals team slipped up that's true it could also be a problem for gujarat titans or lucknow super giants depending on who wins the, 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 their match the, the, the contest that they are going to play because one of those teams possibly conceivably could get stuck on you know on wherever they are now 16 points and not make the cut and the others creep up you know ahead of them all all of this is possible but the odds are clearly in favor of gujarat titans and lucknow super giants to make the cut to get into the playoffs rajasthan royals i feel because of again very strong team the batting is in form the bowling is looking excellent uh, they just need trent bolt to hit wicket taking form again because they've got yuzvendra chahal ashwin and yes one more thing rajasthan royals will be missing shimran hetmyer who had a great season so far but he's gone back uh, because he's going to become a father so in the middle order which means more onus on sanju samson yashasvi jaiswal apart from josh butler so Yeah, I mean, I think the next seven eight days are going to be terribly exciting, and there'll be you know some dead bodies on the floor. Obviously, who can't make the cut, but it's going to be a very exciting race between who joins Gujarat Titans and Lucknow Super Giants. We're assuming they'll be there, but which are the other teams that two teams that will join them is really the the crux of the matter now. Absolutely. Well, there's a lot of action yet to happen. We can't write off any team. We can't. be certain that a team is going to finish on top and that's really what makes the IPL super exciting uh speaking of exciting sports there's a lot of action from around the world that we have to catch up on for instance has liverpool lost their chance at the premier league title their draw with the spurs over the weekend has meant that manchester city with a 5-0 win over newcastle has a massive 3 point lead and with just about 4 odd games left to play 
it looks highly unlikely that Liverpool will make up that difference. We also have the Miami Grand Prix roundup with Samuel Arora. And a big question for Samuel. Do you think Carlos Alcaraz is the next big thing in tennis? He's already won four titles. And is he now a favourite for the French Open? With all of that, here's Samuel Arora. Wow, with the football, there's just so much happening. And in the midweek, I think we saw one of the greatest football matches ever, per se, to be very honest with you. With the kind of comeback we got, we can only be talking about Manchester City versus Real Madrid. And I told you right here on Sports Weekly, the last time out they faced, the score was 4-3 in favour of Man City at home. And that was, well, a crazy match with goals flying around everywhere. But this one, in fact, was quite the opposite. In this second semi-final leg, Real Madrid were just down. They were down terribly bad. Man City were able to score the first goal and they had the advantage all the way toward the end. Riyad Mahrez, of course, scoring in the 73rd minute. And by the time it came to the 90th minute, we all thought, well, this is it. Man City finally in a Champions League final. This is the moment that they've all been waiting for. But then, at the 90th minute, it, it seemed like the air around the burnabout just changed. I don't know what happened, but Rodrigo ended up scoring the first goal in the 90th. So that made it 1-1. But City was still uh, ahead on aggregate, that is. And then within a minute, Rodrigo came back to score another one. And then two minutes later, Karim Benzema got a penalty, which he delivered on. And that made it 3-1 to Real Madrid with three goals in literally the last dying breaths of the match. And the end result, Real Madrid 6, Manchester City 5. I could not believe this. The whole world could not believe this. All the pro footballers, all the experts, all the commentators, all the fans. This was unlike anything we've ever seen before. It's like Man United versus Bayern Munich in the 1999 Champions League final. But with three goals instead of two. It's ridiculous how Manchester City capitulated right at the very end. But for Real Madrid, you've got to give it to their spirit. The way they've played this game, they absolutely made the most of every chance they had. And Carlo Ancelotti, wow, what a year he's having. After winning the La Liga, he's into the Champions League final and he's done it with so many other teams as well. So this is just turning out to be Real Madrid's year. But then they will end up facing Liverpool because even they had a dramatic fixture. After beating Villarreal 2-0 in the first leg, they ended up beating Villarreal 3-2 away from home in a dramatic match. But of course, nearly not as dramatic as Real Madrid versus Man City. But still a fun one if you want to watch any fixture from this week. And the final is just going to be crazy. Madrid versus Liverpool. Both the teams gunning for a double per se. So this one is just going to be a phenomenal fixture to watch out for. Otherwise, in the Premier League, we had some disastrous results if you're a Manchester United fan. United were whacked 4-0 by Brighton. And I can't dwell too much into this one because I think it's all clear that United's problems are far, far deeper than just who the manager is. And the players were lethargic. There was no organisation to the team. They were just playing without a structure. And Brighton, just by being a well-coached team, were able to whack four goals ahead of Man United, even though Ronaldo was playing. So, that's just a tenable result for Man United. As I said, the season end just can't come closer. Otherwise, we saw Chelsea draw 2-2 to Wolves in a bit of a crazy fixture. And it's just not working in their favour right now. And the impact on the points table is just going to be huge, which I shall come to in a second. City were able to beat Newcastle 5-0. But here is the kicker. The Premier League title points difference has now enlarged because Liverpool were only able to play 
a firm but really fun 1-1 draw with Tottenham Hotspur. And this was a well-paced match. Both the teams having all their players in full peak energy. They were able to deliver. There was some quality football. But at the end, Antonio Conte's Tottenham Hotspur were able to hold on at the end. And they were just... Okay, they were leading. But the way they controlled Liverpool towards the end was pretty interesting. And so, Liverpool are now no longer just one point behind Manchester City. In fact, the difference now is three points. This means that it will take a Manchester City slip-up and then more from Liverpool to win the title. So, things are getting seemingly unlikely, but it's only three points, right? Anything can happen in the Premier League. Behind, in third place, is Chelsea with 67 points. Arsenal are fourth now with 66. Tottenham fifth with 62. And Man United, with two games extra on all the other teams above them, are only on 58 points. What a terrible year it's turning out to be for them. But what a week it was for football. And I just can't wait for the Champions League final. Liverpool versus Real Madrid is going to be an absolute classic. And that's going to happen in Paris in only a very short time. So watch out for that. That's going to be fun. And to the Formula 1 with the inaugural Miami Grand Prix. And wow, what an atmosphere we had over there. This race was the top priority of the owners of Formula 1 who just came in four or five years ago. And they absolutely delivered. There was a beach club where you could watch the race from a swimming pool. There was a fake marina with fake water again. That's been a subject of a lot of memes over the last weeks. But then again, the tickets were amazing because you could sit inside a yacht and watch the Formula One race as it unfolded live. So many other great areas, so many concerts, so many fan interactions. This is what a Formula One event should be like. But who triumphed in this big Formula One event is going to be the main question. And the answer was Max Verstappen. He didn't start on pole. His weekend was terrible until the race. In fact, he was third at the start of the race with barely any practice and free practice. But he went out there, passed Charles Leclerc clean on the track and ended up taking the win in a lovely performance. And then Leclerc was second, Carlos Sainz third and Sergio Perez fourth. And Perez had a few issues with his reliability. His engine was losing power, but eventually that's how he ended up finishing. But chances were that he could genuinely pass Carlos Sainz and make it a Red Bull 1-3. Otherwise, there were lots of scraps between Aston Martin and Haas. Mick Schumacher ended up colliding into his paternal figure of sorts with Sebastian Vettel, so that was interesting. And George Russell ended up finishing ahead of Lewis Hamilton in P5, even though he qualified P12 and Hamilton started somewhere around P6. The reason behind that was Russell stayed longer in his first set of compounds and then once the safety car came in, he just got a free pit stop in a way. So that's how he's able to get ahead of Lewis Hamilton. So, bit of a crazy race that one. Mercedes still aren't there per se. They still are very slow. They look better this weekend, but still only just top of the midfield. And otherwise, McLaren had a bit of a torrid weekend. Daniel Ricciardo well, was just having a tough, tough day, to be very honest with you. And Landon Norris got involved in a bit of a crash with Pierre Gasly. That brought out the safety car. But all things considered, a great weekend with Verstappen chipping away into Leclerc's lead at the top. Ferrari still up there in the constructors, but by only just. And what else? In the podium ceremony, we got to see two police vehicles escort all the podium finishers to the podium, which was just a tremendous event on its own. So, Formula 1 in Miami, a definite 9 out of 10. There were some issues with overtaking, yes. But in general, the race delivered and what a weekend that was. And I can't wait to see what happens when Formula 1 goes back to Spain the next time out. Because that's a technical circuit where upgrades are going to be a plenty. And over there, only the best car usually ends up winning. So that should be a fun one to watch. I love this about sports. I love that every now and then we get to see young players come up right from the very beginning. And we are able to track their progress to see what they will become 
And this one player that we're going to talk about in the world of tennis today is just going to be an absolute starlet. Now, I remember a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about the young Carlos Alcaraz Garcia, who just uh, became the first person since Rafael Nadal, rather the youngest person since Rafael Nadal to get into the ATP top 10 rankings. Alcaraz Garcia only recently has ended up one-upping his achievement. Now, he's at world number six. That's because in the Madrid Open, he just ended up defeating Cam Norrie in the round of 16, Rafael Nadal in the quarterfinals, Novak Djokovic in the semifinals, and Sasha Zverev in the finals. That's right, Carlos Alcaraz Garcia is only 19 years old. He's literally the same age of a first-year college student. Imagine, this is how good he is at this particular age. And also, he recently won the Barcelona Open as well. His performance otherwise in tournaments at the Miami Open was super, which is also one tournament that he won where he defeated Tsitsipas in the round of 16. So he's already defeating the big heavyweights in the world of tennis. And he's not even past his teenage years. So Alcaraz Garcia does look like one for the future. And heading into the French Open, there's only one question on the mind of every single tennis fan. And that's his, that also is... Can he end up getting that one big Grand Slam? And his performances previously in Grand Slams have been okay to say the least. They've been getting better, to be very honest. His best position in the Australian Open was a third round finish, of course, in 2022. Same for the French Open this year. Uh, Wimbledon, he's only been to the second round, unfortunately. And the quarterfinals of the US Open has been his best finish in that particular tournament. So things have been getting better. It, it always feels like there is another gear for him to achieve. But now, considering his performances and considering the quality of the players he's beaten recently, you get a feeling that he might be one of the favourites heading into Roland Garros at only the age of 19. Well, there's also one Grand Slam element. Lots of top players end up bringing their best game over there. So you might say that the likes of Sitsipasing and Djokovic might be playing a little lighter because it might not be a Grand Slam tournament. But yet... It is so exciting to think of and to imagine what Carlos Alcaraz might do in the French Open. And also beyond that, we might just have a new star, folks. Keep an eye on him. Thank you so much for that, Samuel. A pleasure as always. Let's look out for what happens and with the French Open not too far away, I'd be really, really excited to see what Carlos Alcaraz can really do on clay against a waning Rafael Nadal. What would you think, uh, Ayaz? Do you think Carlos has a chance? Well, he's certainly shown the potential to, to be a top-notcher. And I think everybody's now, frankly, I mean, we all love Federer and Nadal and Dokovic and, you know, for a while, Murray. Uh, and then we've admired Medvedev and the next rung, which has not been as, if I might put it, as uh, captured the imagination as much. But what, the, what is clear is for tennis aficionados and fans across the world, there is a bit of a void, a new hero to emerge, somebody who captures the imagination apart from winning titles. And this is what Alcaraz, this is the promise he holds out. So let's see. Well, only time will tell and let's hope he's able to make good of the promise that he's shown so far. Well, that's all from us for this week. Thank you so much for joining in. We look forward to catching up next week with you with all the action from the sporting world. To be sure that you're reminded of every new episode, remember to subscribe and follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next week, thanks very much. See you soon. Thank you, Mr. Fantastic. Catch up again next week. 